0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host Paladino Joey or Joey Wijin. Purple Mafia is available on the iTunes, Stitcher and Double Twists. Great pleasure to be back on board once again today after a Vikings victory. Oh yeah, a Vikings victory. The Minnesota Vikings crushed Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I didn't quite see this coming, especially with the uh, <laughs> the news of Samuel Sam Bradford not being available once again this week. For what we saw at a Case Keenum last week in Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know, could you really blame us for doubting this club coming in? Uh, the protection of the offensive line going south last week, well, it went north again because we went back north to uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings undefeated at home so far this year. Yeah, it's two games, but, eh, you know, um, Cool. Not too bad. Uh, Taylor Heineke, by the way, has been signed by the New England Patriots, so uh-oh, watch out there. That's uh, We'll stay tuned to that, but then again, not sure we'll be seeing an active Taylor Heineke in, uh, in <laughs> New England anytime super soon. But thought I'd throw that in there for the heck of it. Um, yeah, wow. Um, the two wide receivers that we were talking about in the preseason leading into the regular season saying how, hey, you know, this is a great opportunity for Sam Bradford to really show what he can do because you have two wide receivers that are legit Well, not only are they legit, they're looking like flat-out stars. I mean, like all-pro players. And we always say, okay, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean as much as it did before, but hey, it still means something. And uh, these guys look like legitimate all-pros, like, holy cow, uh, Stefan Diggs. My God, he looked more like Randy Moss than Stefan Diggs today. And Case Keenum, well, gosh, he looked like the other guy that wore number seven in the past. He's He's hurling deep balls. Alright, and you saw a little bit of that throwing arm in the preseason. He looked okay in the preseason, and that's why I felt confident in Case Keenum as the backup quarterback. Last week in Pittsburgh, it's like, why is this guy even in the NFL? I mean, he's barely capable to even put on that uniform for crying out loud. He looks like a third-string quarterback. Okay, well, yep, Case Keenum had been undefeated against the Bucks so far. Now he's 3-0 and against the Bucks. He went from four touchdowns to seven because he threw three today. Quarterback rating 142.1, 369 yards, and three touchdowns, and no turnovers. Oh, and what was the other thing that we talked about on the last show? Turnovers. Yes, the Vikings had not been getting the takeaways that they were getting early last season, and they weren't getting late last season, and that was one of the differences. Well, they got turnovers today. They got two, or excuse me, three interceptions on Jameis Winston. Got a little bit, at at the end, it was just kind of like eh, whatever. But the early interception was big, and it was from a guy that had been getting burned pretty much most of the year. Okay, he'll knock down some passes, but then next thing you know, he gets burned and burned and burned and burned, and they keep testing him, and they keep burning him. Them being Drew Brees, uh, (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger, we'll talk about those guys in segment two. And Jameis Winston, who hopefully is a for his sake, a future Hall of Fame quarterback one day—that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had hoped. Certainly didn't look like it today. Put up some numbers, though. I mean, the Vikings gave up some yards, kind of particularly later in the game when the Bucks had a long, long, long way to go. But yeah, obviously, a long way to go about him becoming a uh, Hall of Famer. The other two were Vikings facing some talented quarterbacks to start out the season and are two and one. All right, and this with and this all with Sam Bradford with what is being called a bone bruise. And <clears throat> pardon me, the. Uh, the fear with that one is the bone bruise could be from a little grinding going on. And what does grinding mean? That means a degenerative situation in your knee, also known as arthritis. And if he's already arthritic due to those ACLs in the left knee, oh. and if we're talking about the old bone-on-bone, bone, like I talked about that extensively in the past in Timberwolves' explosion, the uh, Brandon Roy saga that lasted for five games on the club, and unfortunately he stayed on the roster and was a cap hit and cost the Wolves $5 million, which was one of the final (laughs) nails in the coffin for David Kahn as the president of basketball operations. Um, Boy, oh boy, though. I mean, pray to God it's not bone-on-bone for Sam Bradford. I mean, it wasn't last year, so why would it suddenly kind of go this direction this year? I don't know, but I suppose things kind of degenerated for Brendan Roy the way they did too in the Portland Trail Blazers years ago The Wolves took a chance on him but he was already bone on bone, he had that whole blood transfusion thing that Kobe Bryant did a year, the year before, oh it's this miracle working thing that lasts a couple months and it costs you gajillions of dollars and you gotta pay for it out of your own pocket not worth it, so um, yeah, the hope is that that is not the case with Sam Bradford a lot of people in town now like saying, hey, Case Keenum can do it, rock and roll, quarterback controversy, and most of the people are joking about it, but still, hey, this is what you hope for in a backup quarterback, a guy that's capable of, well, throwing a deep ball, a guy that's capable of being accurate, which he was today, 76%, and, well, he's got a little mobility too, so that's good. Um, doesn't quite have the arm of a Sam Bradford. Um, obviously, the skill level's a little different. Sam Bradford's a little better, but Case Keenum, a little mobility, and that helped, as Tampa Bay does have an aggressive pass rush. They're an, an aggressive defense, but unfortunately for them today, there is one thing to note, which did help the Vikings cause. There were second-string cornerbacks there in the secondary. Um, Grimes being out, unfortunately, it was, was not helpful for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the former Miami Dolphin there. Um, that was not helpful for the for the Buccaneers today. Still, though, the Vikings had to take charge and do a good job. The defense was awesome, and again, forced three turnovers along the way. The last two were kind of at a point where the Vikings were in good position, but still, you got the turnovers anyway. That's good. It just shows a sign you can get the job done. And luckily, a young man by the name of Trey Waynes, who is kind of like hit and miss, and that's pretty much what I what I see him as at this stage, He'll knock down a pass once in a while but he gets burned an awful lot because the quarterbacks continue to test him. But then all of a sudden he'll get the huge interception which will make people go, whoa, cool. Just like he did years ago against uh, Russell Wilson a year and a half ago. He had a big one in the uh, Green Bay game last season when Aaron Rodgers was frustrated and pissed off and the Packers were struggling. Um, oh, don't even get me started on that. Uh, mm, yeah, we'll leave that alone. We'll, let the, we'll talk about the Packers in the second segment we don't play them next week, but we do play <laughs> one of the other division rivals. Yeah. We'll talk about them very soon. They'll be the final uh, combination in the uh, second segment. I'm all, I'm keep jumping to the second segment. Let's talk about this game. Let's enjoy what we got here. Stefan Diggs. God almighty. He looks good. Um, the way he would adjust to passes. Yes, he got open. Case Keenum, yes, he was accurate, and thank you for being that, but Stefan Diggs still had to bring bring in the ball, and he did a spectacular job on some of them. I mean, shoestring catches, reaching for that ball, it was awesome. Just an overall insane game. Two touchdowns. He was targeted 11 times, caught 8 receptions. He was defended fairly well in the game to a point. (laughs) Yeah, that's fairly, you know, but 173 yards, I mean, that's just holy moly. 173 yards. I mean, 173 yards. I mean, again, Randy Moss. Hello, that's <laughs> pretty good. Um, we'll take it any day of the week. Adam Thielen again. He was targeted eight times and caught five. Out of those eight, was was defended better in the second half. Only got one more pass in the second half at 80 yards in the first. Yeah, uh, 98 yards total for the game. Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, a little safety blanket and also scabbard for 36 yards later on in the game. Just awesome. I mean, he caught all the passes thrown his way. Delvin Cook, seventy-two yards in the air, or you know, like obviously like short catches and then making scampers afterwards. But that's something you never got from Adrian Peterson, and he can actually pass block. What a concept! He even had a little twelve-yard reception from Steve J. Ham, the fullback. This is fun, isn't it? Jerry is right. A guy that's just you know, it's unfortunate, he's just kind of been pushed down the depth chart because of the situation. A guy by the name of Adam Thielen that's kind of the issue there. It is what it is, unfortunately for him. I mean, god, I love Jarius Wright, and he was able to reach over the pylon to get one to get a, a, his first touchdown in quite a while that got the Vikings rolling, and it was really cool. Um, <laughs> Laquan Treadwell added another catch for two yards in the game. Yeah, he caught it. He was thrown to only once and he caught it. Just a little safety net type of play. Guy Forbath made both of his kicks and he made all four of his extra points. So, alright. So let's get that uh, extra point percentage up. We're going to talk about extra point percentage here a little bit. Okay. Only a little. He made all four of them and he was pretty much 50% before that. So, yeah. Just do the math there. <laughs> fun. Just a fun overall game. The uh, Vikings just from the get-go. You, you know, it went from it went from, like, oh, God, how, how you know, Tampa Bay's probably going to win. They're this team on the rise. And then you get the reality check of, well, yeah, they're on the rise, but they're still kind of young, and uh, Mr. Uh, J- Jameis Winston still makes mistakes quite a bit, and he did today. And, yeah, and the uh, just look at the difference when you get a little pass protection. A little pass protection, you know. E- Easton was flagged for another stupid holding call in the game, and it was kind of frustrating, and uh, whatever. Um Yeah, that's Nick Easton. Uh, He's got a little skill, but he's also going to get flagged for holding at least once or twice a game, it seems like. Um, Luckily, the penalty markers are much more on the Tampa Bay side in this one, so that helps. Uh, (laughs) Before I bounce around too much, uh, overall, just, mm, just a wonderful feeling. Nice, strong, solid drive. The Vikings ate up, what, how many minutes? About four minutes off the clock. A fairly quick drive, finished off by Delvin Cook. Barely got in. Looked like he fumbled in, but luckily luckily he was across the pylon with possession of the ball. That's what matters. Tampa Bay had recovered. I was going to say, boy, that just totally figures. You cross the pylon and lose the ball, and that's it. And Tampa Bay takes over. Uh, And they take over at either the 1 or the 20, depending on the situation there. Uh, Vikings stymied a uh, Tampa Bay drive that looked positive at the beginning. It kind of scared us a little bit as Trey Wayne struggled. Luckily, uh Nick Folk and the and the Bucks would have to settle for a field goal, and after that, the Vikings just took over it 's like they just it 's like Case Keenum got determined and looked like a stud the rest of the way, lots of passion, lots of energy, not something you usually see out of a backup quarterback, but um, well we 're seeing it, and it 's cool, and the guy was a great college player now you 're seeing him as well you 're seeing a little bit of something in the NFL now and it 's really impressive. And when you, again, you have the you have guys with the talent of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, you look pretty good. But at the same time, hey, you know, the passes were accurate. They were, it's not like Stefan Diggs was bailing out Case Keenum, maybe once in a while here and there, but then again, I mean, but, you know, because not every pass is going to be perfect. I mean, Aaron Rodgers misses guys sometimes, so let's be honest there. Um, particularly earlier in the year, because he starts slowly. <clears throat> yeah, just like they started today's game slowly and, yeah. <laughs> but what a fun overall night! And I keep saying it. I keep saying the word "fun." That's kind of the theme of this show, isn't it? It kind of is. You know, Case Keenum. I've got a. I've got a nickname for him, and kind of what the Vikings were today. Coast Guard. Yeah, Case Keenum's a Coast Guard, right? You know, if, if they're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're pirates, right? They're they're bad guys. They're outlaws. But in Case Keenum's the Coast Guard. You know, like he he arrested the pirates. You know, yeah. Is that okay? Is that lame? Okay, well, I'm going to call it that anyway. It's the, He's the Coast Guard, and that's going to be the name of this, this episode, <laughs> the Coast Guard, because we stopped the pirates. We stopped the uh, buccaneers out there in the, uh, well, they came up here. They were busy down in the Caribbean. Now they came up here. They were avoiding Hurricane Maria this time around. Luckily, Maria did not hit the United States as of yet without some kind of crazy change of pattern. I don't think it's going to anymore. Ugh, it's given us a hell of a lot of humidity, though, and same with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Green Bay Packers. I keep going back to that. I'm losing my mind. Luckily, Minnesota fans were in the uh, were in U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday, a lot hotter and, and more humid than today. And even though today was still very hot, the humidity dropped a little bit. A little bit, yeah, but not that much. Still quite July-like out there, July and June, whatever you want to call it, early August. Ah, uh, boy. Very encouraging. Um... I don't even do, you know I don't even want to get into the politics of today but then again we'll talk about it a little bit in the third segment all that nonsense that just kind of took over the whole day whatever just uh let's just play the game and enjoy the game let's not be distracted and, you know and it distracted me the whole damn game that's why I might seem a little tiny bit disoriented here but um again another total team effort for the Vikings and that's kind of the theme you see, I mean you saw the value of a full three-down running back. Good riddance, to Adrian Peterson. That's all I got to say. I mean, seriously, look at the value of Dalvin Cook. He actually blocks, and again, seventy-two yards receiving. Seventy-two yards receiving. Adrian Peterson did that zero times, and Dalvin Cook is still a natural running back. It's not like he's it's not like he's Darren Sproles or or uh, Brian Westbrook, where it was or no, no not Westbrook. Uh, like a Reggie Bush, where it was almost more receiving than than. Uh, Going on the ground. He's still a natural running back, but he's capable of adding so much more. And that's why Dalvin Cook's value to this team is off the charts. I mean, the guy's awesome. 3.6 yards a carry because Tampa Bay's run defense is pretty good, I'd have to say. And again, a lot of yards on the ground because you're burning the clock. You're trying to keep the game moving. That's where the game ended fairly early this afternoon, about 3 ish. I mean, it was real early. Uh, 27 rushes overall. 97 total yards, and again, the early, early touchdown that almost was fumbled away. Yeah. Case Keenum again also showing some ability along the way, keeping the clock m- running and the chains moving. Poor Latavius Murray. Oh, man, <laughs> I feel bad for him a little bit. Jarek McKinnon took a little, took a couple steps back this week with the, uh, kick returns. Maybe should have taken the, uh, touchback but instead came out and ended up at the 11-yard line. That's not going to make your special teams coach real happy. Mike Weaver is not the kind of guy that responds real well either to mental errors like that. I love Jerk McKinnon but that wasn't a good play and hopefully we can learn a little bit. Um, you know if you're going to come out of the end zone you gotta have a little bit of something something going on there. Ah boy Anderson Deho that was a nice interception along the way too. That kind of sealed the deal and Harrison Smith that was like, oh, like, like a post-mortem wound. I mean the body of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game was no longer bleeding when Harrison Smith got that one. It was the pass was batted up in the air anyway, because you know, by multiple players, the Tampa Bay receiver and Viking defender there. Uh and Harrison Smith was able to be the recipient kind of to just to kind of run the clock out and we appreciate it very much. Sendejo's was kind of more of the dagger along the way. Sendejo uh also knocked down two passes. Really nice game by the much debated Andrew Sendejo. We're very lucky to have him. And I'll, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with him for the most part. Waynes, he got beat a bit today again, but he had some nice moments. The interception, the pa- he had a pass deflection as well. Kind of, a, kind of you know, again, he's a hit-and-miss type of guy. And I can drive you uh, oh-so-crazy Okay, <laughs> Harrison Smith officially led the Vikings in tackles, and then Sandejo, another, uh, was second place in total tackles along the way. Because Ant- uh, Anton Jamison, what am I talking about? Jamison Winston? was throwing up the field a bit more, throwing in the center of the field more than anything else. Into the flats a bit, uh, obviously, as well. Not so much on the sidelines. You didn't see a whole lot of that. More of a physical offensive club going in the middle area. Throughout the game, Everson Griffin had a bit of a pass rush. He was able to get a sack from our Stefan along the way as well. In the rotations, just an overall solid game. McKinsey Alexander continuing to show... That He's a capable cornerback in this league. He did not get burned today, and he had a nice little jam that led to an uh, incomplete pass, and he, uh, he he made the tackles he needed to. But um, I like what I see out of McKenzie Alexander. I, again, you know, I mean, he's, he's able to jam the receiver, and then the route's ruined. I mean, it's over, so you're just going to get an overthrow or some type of a change of, change of direction, a change of play a little bit along the way with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was, uh, you know, they were unable to convert on that big third down. Really, uh, I like McKenzie Alexander an awful lot. Um, Mr. Xavier Rhodes, still looking banged up out there, still kind of limping around and took a pretty rough hit there. Luckily, the call was against the Tampa Bay uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay blocker there. and uh, But Xavier Rhodes, hopefully he's okay, continued to stay in the game for the most part. Uh, you got to see the introduction of the, <laughs> the guy we acquired from Seattle there. Him being Kermaine Brock Senior, there. <laughs> I guess it's Senior, right? It says it right on his jersey. You saw the, de- you, you saw his debate. He deflected some passes. He got beat a bit. Uh, he didn't actually register a tackle in the game, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, he got beat a little bit. He doesn't look too spectacular, but was involved a little bit here and there. Uh, I don't know. Um, I hope there's, I hope there's more coming from him. He'd been inactive the first two weeks. I don't know if he's just rusty or what the deal is, but hopefully there's a little more coming from Tremaine uh, Brock during the course of the season. But McKenzie Alexander, maybe the uh, mission is accomplished because he looks better, and that's good. Very good indeed. Yes, yes. So, uh, trying to think of what else to say other than, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, so many injuries for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. Um, Levante David, boy, I'm was the most severe looking there. I don't know if it's a broken ankle or what, but um, multiple players kind of falling on him as his ankle was planted, and his body and leg moved and his ankle didn't. And, yeah, that kind of really sucks. Uh, It just kind of got folded in there. I don't know if it's a severe sprain or broken, but he had to be carted off the field, so definitely some uh, best wishes towards uh, Levante David. Uh, Unfortunate there. Mm. Fortunate, though, the Vikings were able to get out of this one without any major injuries. Just, again, maybe guys banged up a little bit. You saw the young man uh, Xavier Rose again laying on the field with soreness, kind of getting back up, though, after a pretty intense block from uh, uh, one of the blockers of Tampa Bay. I can't remember exactly the player's name. I don't know if it was – I can't remember who it was. Was it Goodwin or Humphreys? Godwin or Humphreys? I can't remember. Ah, it's okay, though. (laughs) Let's keep going. Um, I apologize. distracted a little bit with what I'm seeing in the background here. I'll just leave that alone. Uh, (laughs) Let's pass out some awards here, and yeah. Uh, I get frustrated with some of the stuff I see. Mm. But, uh, Fran Tarkenton Award, it is going to go to Case Keenum and young Mr. Stefan Diggs. Those two guys were huge keys in this game, just when you see a beautiful connection like that, and and the elite talent that <laughs> Stephon Diggs does have, he just needs to be careful a little bit though, on that second touchdown, he was kind of doing the old, uh, what was that guy's name, uh, I can't remember the guy on, uh, on Dallas years ago, that was holding the ball down in the Super Bowl, and then Don Beebe caught up with him, Don Beebe of Buffalo in the 92 Super Bowl, um, ninety three January, but the season, the ninety two season, Don Beebe caught up with him, knocked the ball out of his hand, and he got no touchdown. I forgot the guy's name. He was he was a he was a defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys back in the Super Bowl. They were blowing out Dallas uh, again. Yeah, be careful, Stefan a little bit there. He almost got the ball knocked out of his hands at the last second. That would have been extremely humiliating. Just imagine it's a touchback for the. Uh, temporary Buccaneers, but okay, I'll still give you the award, just ease up a little bit there, take it easy, I know you're enjoying it, you're having fun, but don't overdo it, brother, do that once, you know, you're completely, the play's completely over, okay, Hold, holding the ball out like that, oh, man, mm, so, yeah, <laughs> those are the most valuable players award, player awards, uh, with two guys, the Christian Potter Memorial, Mm. <sighs> mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not really mad at anybody in this game. Trey Wayne's got beat a bit and he made up with it, for it with the interception. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want to get too political, but I almost, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm, uh, I wish, I wish the whole thing would slow down a little bit. It's like, that's almost my Christian Pound Memorial in general. It's just, I wish the whole thing would slow down. You know, I mean, I wish people would stop getting offended so easily with this and that, this and that, this and that. It's really frustrating um, that we have to... We, everybody has to make these huge stands for this and that, and I don't know. I don't know if we need to take things as far as we do on a regular basis, because I think it's creating more division than, than uh, unity. Like, we're all uniting, but it seems like we're uniting against each other. That's kind of what's scaring me a little bit, so... It's kind of like a awkward urban legend like uh, Christian Palmer Memorial. That's kind of like combining those two together. It's, I don't know. Um I'm trying to think of what the other urban legend is other than maybe the weather. I mean, geez, like 90 degrees on September 24th? That's an urban legend, isn't it? <laughs> in Green Bay, Wisconsin. There, there's your urban legend, 90 degrees in uh, in Lambeau Field. And I apologize if I sound a little weird and disoriented. I got distracted. Just I'm seeing too much of this stuff over and over and it's uh oh, boy. I mean, mm I uh, yeah, I, I just gotta stop. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna end the segment right here before I get too goofy. So we're gonna come back. Segment number two, hopefully that one's a little bit more fun right after this. Maybe I should have worded that a little differently. The last segment was fun. I mean, we're talking about a fairly unexpected Vikings thromping. I mean, we thromped the Tempe Buccaneers. So, no, it was fun. I didn't mean it that way. It's just getting irritated with some of the stuff flashing on the screen. Sometimes I shouldn't even have anything on in the background. It's just, yeah, just shouldn't have it on in the background. That's all. That's what I get. Okay, so NFL Roundup, NFC North Roundup, more importantly... But we just kind of jump into the NFC roundup in a sense, or NFL roundup. Washington, the Redskins are leading the Oakland Raiders after a Derek Carr interception kind of went deep early on and it was picked off. So that didn't work out too well in the nation's capital. The Washington Redskins leading the Oakland Raiders so far. That's a rematch of one of the late 70s Super Bowls there. Ah, uh, so we'll move on from that. Upcoming Monday, Monday night football. The one-on-one, one-and-one. Arizona Cardinals will face they one-and-one. Dallas Cowboys, Tony Robo's old club. He was announcing with the, uh, uh... He was announcing the Packer game. Yeah, I keep going back to that one. The Rams, Thursday, Thursday night football. They outlast the San Francisco 49ers. I kind of like the Rams' new look a little bit. It's similar... But it seems like the gold has been replaced by white, particularly on the helmets. Trying to look a little different now because they're the L.A. Rams again, like they were long ago in a galaxy far away. Would like to see the yellow come back. And yes, you do see it occasionally, but it's kind of like a here and there type of thing. Luckily, they were wearing the retros. They're kind of like a reverse retro, though. That's kind of interesting because it's an actual all-yellow uniform. They didn't wear those back in the day. So, And the Niners were wearing a reverse uniform as well, wearing black with red uh Numbers, Kind of cool looking. That was back when Colin Kaepernick uh, and the 49ers rolled all over the Vikings to start out the 15, 2015 season, much to our shock. Little did we know the Vikings would finish 11-5 and five that year. I'm still bouncing around, but hey, it's Vikings related. Hey, that's more fun, right? The 49ers are 0-3. The Rams are putting up the points. Uh, kind of a mess, kind of a weird game, 41-39. to 39. What the hell? Los Angeles Rams, though, they're, uh, despite... Uh, not getting the best crowds in the world at their games. It's working out okay, and you know what? They are a legitimate Los Angeles team. The Chargers are too, but that was like back in the 60s and stuff, so that's kind of like way, way back in the old days, where the Rams, hey, they were in Los Angeles in, what, 95 still, right? Then they moved to St. Louis in, in uh, 96, I believe that's what it was, the same year the uh, the Cleveland Cavalier Browns moved to Baltimore, and then they had to restart that up in uh, 99. Yeah, i are still waiting on their second playoff berth, and it's not going to happen this year the way things are happening over there. I mean, they're just snake bit. Todd Gurley, one of the best running backs in the league, kind of rolled all over them. Jared Goff, up and coming, uh, number one overall pick last season. Gurley and Goff, Gurley and Goff. That sounds kind of cool. I like that, the Gurley and Goff show in Los Angeles, California. Man, just uh, something else. I mean, Goff just putting up the stats, putting up the numbers, kind of like Case Keenum, huh? Couple less yards, accuracy a little bit higher, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 145.8. So that's awfully similar to Case Keenum. That was uh, Case Keenum's club last year, and he played a couple games. His Jared Goff was still kind of struggling, getting going, and uh, all that good stuff. Of course, Samuel Sam Bradford was already gone to uh, the Vikings. Eventually before that, obviously, the Eagles even. I'm going crazy. Sam Bradford never did play in LA at all. Jared Goff, luckily for him, and the Rams was a number one pick that just might work out, finally. A lot of these blue-chip quarterbacks to go number one overall, how many of them have failed? I mean, it's unbelievable. More of them have failed than have succeeded, haven't they? I mean, Tim Couch was a bust, and, and you could go on forever. Stafford, it took a while. He eventually caught up and got better. Ah, uh, David Carr was a huge bust with the uh, Houston Texans years ago. Way back at the beginning, it's kind of like when you start a franchise that way; it doesn't work out so well. Jamarcus Russell didn't work out at well uh, well at all. But then, luckily, years later, they replaced him with Derek Carr, who, uh, yep, the younger brother of a number one pick, ended up working out fantastically. So, okay, the uh, Oakland slash Los Angeles Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders—they were the LA Raiders in the in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> Before they moved to Oaktown in ninety six. A lot of teams moved around the mid nineties there. Um kinda cool though. Kinda cool. Kinda cool to see the uh Oakland Raiders recover from that. I'm going crazy, man. I'm going I'm all over the place. Jeez. Todd Gurley, he's, he is one of the best running backs in football. Two touchdowns on the ground, five total touchdowns between Goff and Gurley overall. Um And I do know, I believe, yep, Gurley even had a receiving one. He had three total touchdowns. Man, you know what? It's kind of like back in 99 when you're coming into the season and you thought, you know, the Rams, they never win anything. But, damn, there's a lot of, you know, when you're, you're playing fantasy football going into the draft, it's like, you know what? This guy's good and that guy's good and that guy's good. And then I ended up taking like three or four Rams that year. And I'm thinking, why do I like the Rams so much? And then it's like. Oh, crap. Look what happens when the guys like Isaac Bruce actually stay healthy. And then they have a quarterback like, you know, Kurt Warner instead of Tony Banks. And Kurt Warner ended up being actually the real deal, not some no-name. And, of course, yes, everybody was excited about uh, Todd. uh, What was his name? It was Green. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I forgot his first name now. Trent Green. Trent Green. There we go. Whew, I'm blanking Trent Green going there. Um from Washington, he just blows up and is like, wow, this guy's going to be something. Then he gets hurt and next thing you know, uh, next thing you know, Kurt Warner goes in and he's 10 times better than Trent Green and wow, holy cow. (laughs) And the Rams were what they were. Now look at the LA Rams right now putting up points. They're they're giving up points too, unfortunately. So there's still kind of a work in progress, but Geez, at least those two guys right there looking like something indeed. But look at Sammy Watkins, also valuable guy. Robert Woods, over 100 yards apiece. Sammy Watkins, two touchdowns for the Rams. Yeah, I'm kind of dragging this a little bit, but I'm, I'm intrigued by the Los Angeles Rams. I think it's kind of cool. It's nice to see them doing better. I mean, they were a garbage heap for so long. And, well, look what happens when Jeff Fisher's gone. Look how much better this team's doing. And uh, good for the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams. And for those of you wondering why I say Los Angeles every time, I say uh, on every show instead of Los Angeles, it's because of Chick Hearn. That's how he said it. The former uh, Lakers broadcaster, the legendary Los Angeles Lakers broadcaster. That's how he said it. All right, here's another urban legend, kind of, sort of. What the bleep is going on with the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I understand Jacksonville's improving a little bit, kind of like the Rams. They're kind of similar that way, where you have a number one picks, and eventually some of these guys end up working out, and jeez 44 to 7 over Baltimore <laughs> Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco benched in the game and not recent Super Bowl but they're well you know Baltimore is better than this aren't they I mean they there's they were two and one after this game two and0 oh coming in I don't think a lot of Baltimore fans were thinking they're gonna be you know thinking they're gonna be two and one after this game but not only two and one but wondering what the hell's wrong with their freaking football team I mean Jacksonville 44 to 7. In England. In in London. Yes, the Vikings will be playing the Cleveland Browns in London later. Not too far off anymore. Um, but, jeez, what the bleep, man. I mean, 44-7, to man. I mean, what the hell? Ryan Mallett adds a touchdown after it was 44 to nothing. Good job Ryan Mallett completing 6-9 passes getting the <laughs> bored and disinterested Baltimore Ravens into the end zone. Really like those two colors, by the way. Baltimore and, uh, Jacksonville the little colors on the yahoo there. <laughs> it's pretty cool because it looks like the it looks like the late 80s there. The old purple and then pastel kind of teal. That looks really cool. Blake Bortles awesome game, four touchdowns for him, just a huge quarterback rating and jeez. Blake Bortles nice. I mean, what happened to Baltimore? You remember when Baltimore was looked on as a great defensive club? Okay, yeah, well, they weren't good today. I mean, Blake Burroughs looks, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess because they're in England, I guess. Um, congratulations to Leonard Fournette. Blake Bortles with, again, four touchdown passes in the game. Not even the greatest completion percentage, but four touchdown passes in the game. And they romp all over the Raiders, the Raiders, the Ravens. I'm just, I don't know, can't believe it. Buffalo beating Denver. Buffalo Bills beat Denver 26-16. Good for the Bills. They're hanging in there. They're hanging right in there. They're still in first place in their division over there in the AFCs. 2-1. and one. Broncos dropped to 2-1. and one. That's a similar situation. Buffalo roaring forward. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor putting up some nice numbers. Good, good completion percentage. Trevor Simeon, not quite the uh, stat king like he was last week. Three, uh, three, he was sacked three times, two interceptions along the way. Not the best game for him. I mean, he just tore up. Uh, I can't remember who it was last week. Just crushed them. See, I mean, I'm sorry if I can't remember this and all that, but it's like, you know, it was a week ago, and it's a different team, but uh, had a huge week last week. I think it was Jacksonville, if I remember correctly. I think it was. Uh, Boy, the NFL's off to a weird start here. But um, good for, good on uh, Buffalo. They're hanging in there. It's kind of good to see teams like Buffalo, Jacksonville, and L.A. Rams do do better. You know, it it is. Uh, Can't get to these two yet. Those are two major ones there. They're fun to talk about later on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to talk about. <clears throat> Only one team in our division lost, and that was the team that was in first place. <laughs> well, we'll keep going. Indianapolis over Cleveland. Yeah, Indianapolis over Cleveland. Poor, poor Vince Romano and poor Cleveland. I like Cleveland. and Man, yuck, yuck. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser back after the concussion issues there but three interceptions in the game. Kind of a mess. Terrible completion percentage, 47%. Jacoby Brizette a lot better than what they had before. So congratulations to uh, Brissette. <laughs> Brissette. He did get one touchdown. Accurate passing, limited passing, only 24 attempts. What a solid overall game for Jacoby Brissette of the Indianapolis Colts. As of course, Andrew Luck is up and out until hell freezes over, I suppose. And I'm not trying to be like Mike Zimmer. It just is what it is there. Frank Gore, can't believe he's still playing. But he's better than Robert Turbin, despite the fact it's two yards in a cloud of dust there for him. Uh, overall at this stage. He's just slow, old. I really liked him with the Niners years ago, and I actually liked the Niners. Now, I mean, I, I mean, they're fun to, I don't know. It's a fun franchise in the past, but that's about all they are at this stage. We'll continue. New England, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, they scored 36 points, but gosh, they had to really edge the Houston Texans there to finish the game. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, what's up with Houston putting up the points they were able to on this... Uh, Patriots team, the defending world champions. Lucky for them, they're two and one. They got a winning record now. So, all right. (laughs) Rob Rob Gronkowski, huge game for him. If you're a fantasy guru, oh, good for you. Which I'll never be anymore. I used to be. Deshaun Watson. Well, he's better than what they had going there with Tom Savage. He's a little bit better. Of course, Tolzien was the guy for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Brady, five touchdowns, putting up spectacular numbers. He did lose a fumble along the way, but just huge numbers, almost 400 yards, five touchdown passes. That's insane. But Houston putting up the points along the way, and, uh, well, congratulations to them. I mean, the fumble lost by Brady didn't help too much. I can't imagine. But uh, overall, Brandon Cooks really helping fill in that role. Left earlier this season. Julian Edelman, anyway, <laughs> with uh, the New England Patriots. Um, man, I mean, it's just, oof, huge loss, but Brandon Cook filling in Julian Edelman's stead along the way. And good for him, two touchdowns for Mr. Brandon Cook's Bronkowski, 89 yards. Awesome. Uh, Hogan was a kind of a you know, I mean, you, you, you almost used to kind of hope that Hogan could be like a Julian Edelman in disguise, even Amendola as well. Just popular, kind of gritty guys, kind of smaller guys that can get the job done here and there. Hogan did get in the end zone twice along the way. And it's kind of like, you know, Brady's so good. He's able to complete passes to these guys regardless, and they, and they make the catch, they make the play, and that's what matters at the end of the day. So congratulations to the New England Patriots back in their back, getting back in their winning ways. The Jets... Who are just ending the season, as we continue to make fun of them with that. Well, so much for tanking. Twenty to twenty to six over the Miami Dolphins. Both of the Florida clubs, who unfortunately, due to Hurricane Bleep and Irma, were unable to have a bye week the rest of the season. That's brutal. Sixteen games in a row, and you're starting to see injuries mount before it can even before they can even start. At least in Tampa Bay's case today. Poor Levan Levan David. Ah I, I hope he's okay for his sake. That didn't look good. The Jets, though, 20-6 to over Miami? Really? Like, what's up with the Dolphins here? A lot of people thought Jay color was going to wind up with the Jets at one point, and he, I, I, I don't know, I guess he was playing for them today. Mm. I guess, I mean, percentage deck down. This is the Jay color that Bears fans got sick of. Weak weak accuracy, just mediocrity, two to- I mean, one touchdown, one interception, low quarterback rating of 70. There's your Chicago Bears... Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, Mr. No, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Yeah, that guy. Strong, solid game. Very accurate, about 80%. Kind of like Sam Bradford last year. Last year. Hopefully Bradford's more like, you know, the three touchdowns they threw this year so far. Uh, only one touchdown in about 250 yards, but 80%. So kind of check down Charlie going on there. Um, still a strong game for him, though. Let's give him some credit. Helped them win the game. They beat the Dolphins, and good for them. I mean, there was a 69-yard play along the way, though. That did make Mr. Uh, McCown look a little better along the way. It wasn't just check down the whole time. So, Robbie Anderson was that guy. Recipient of a 69-yarder along the way. I don't even know why I'm giving this game that much time. Philly, Philly over the New York Giants. A lot of people had the Giants not only getting to the Super Bowl, but winning it, maybe beating the Patriots, or the Patriots would get revenge on them, but they're 0-3. I can't believe it, man. I mean, Philadelphia, with young Carson Wentz, 2-1. and one. They're looking good. And, uh, boy, Elay Manning, mm, he's throwing touchdowns. He's getting yards, but he's turning the ball over, too. Two, two interceptions in the game versus three touchdowns. And Wentz, you know, not much in the touchdown department, but, if, uh, you know, he's just, he's just above average, and that's about it. But he didn't turn the ball over, and that was kind of the difference. I mean, when you get the Giants turning the ball over and the Eagles protecting the ball that's the difference, uh, despite the immense talent on that Giants offense, just uh, just a little bit out of control, kind of a wild, wacky game, and Philadelphia's not an easy place to win, and this and that, and the Eagles are in good position, and the Giants are not. Saints crush the Carolina Panthers today, 34-13 to in North Carolina, and I don't know why. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, is Carolina this bad? Now, they started out the season 2-0, and like, what? what's this? What the hell is this? I mean, the, the the Saints just crushed the crap out of them, And I know the Saints, obviously, their offense is talented, and we could go on forever about that because that's just the end of it. Maybe it was the Mr. Peanut look that uh, Sebastian Barton sent me. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Peanut with that outfit, that hat and the glasses, the cute little glasses, like he's some kind of a stagecoach driver back in 1890 or something. I, I, I don't know, but that's Cam Newton. Looked kind of weird there. Um, three interceptions. That's the Cam Newton that the Vikings faced. He was beat up a bit by the Saints' defense. And, uh, I can't believe Derek Anderson's still playing. What the hell? Oh my god, Derek Anderson's still playing. Didn't do a whole lot either, and it doesn't matter. Um, wow. (laughs) Adrian Peterson got nine carries. Nine carries for 33 yards. Ooh. Well, at least he got more than Alvin Kamara. Um, Yep, well, we'll see where he winds up later on in the season. We'll just let that kind of play out at some point along the way. Michael Thomas, a lot of people doubted him coming into the draft, but uh, Paul Charchin seemed to like him. I, I kind of liked him a little bit too, and he's doing good for the New Orleans Saints and a good strong game for them in general. Christian McCaffrey was the lone bright spot for those Carolina Panthers, 100 yards on nine catches for Christian McCaffrey. The Wow, that guy can really play, handy. he really can play, Uh, but Carolina crushed at home today, I don't know why, Tennessee and Seattle, apparently neither one of them came out for the National Anthem, and I say screw you, I wish they both lost the game, Um, you know, I don't know, it's getting to that point, it's getting to that point, it really is, and I'm going to talk about the other team today too, Um, I'm glad Seattle lost, because I hate them with a passion, so one and two, you know, I, I hate Seattle more than Tennessee, obviously, obviously, I hate everyone in the NFC a whole lot, except the Vikings, for the most part. I kind of like the 49ers sometimes, but not lately. Um, I I, I don't know. You know, I mean, sitting literally not even coming out for it, that's kind of weird. I don't know. But that's kind of the next thing, I guess. So what's the next thing? We're going to forfeit games, or we're going to get rid of the National Anthem altogether? Are we going to get bullied into that? Is that the next step? That's what I'm afraid of. You know that. That's what I'm afraid of here. Is that we're going to get bullied into basically giving up anything and everything left. Basically, I mean, it's just getting crazy. Um, I, I could go on forever, and I better just leave it alone. Thirty-three, twenty-seven, Seattle. You know what? I'm going to protest your game since you're going to do that. I'm not going to talk about it next. Yeah, I just did it. Okay. Uh, Not going to get to that one yet because that's one of the final ones. Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a pretty good matchup in the past. Not really. Um, Kansas City, they're undefeated now. No, I don't know. They're twenty four and ten. They won twenty four to ten anyway today. And they're rolling, and they're looking good, and Kansas, uh, yep, and the Chiefs are 3 and all That's what I thought. And yep, the Chargers are 0-3, and they really stink, and they can't draw anybody, and there's already talk about the Los Angeles Chargers moving back to San Diego. How about that one? Wouldn't that be something? And I'm sure the, the San Diego Padres, no, San Diego Chargers fans would like to have their team back, and hey, you know what? They're not the Chargers without their theme song. The San Diego Super Chargers. I remember when Dylan sang that on the show one time that's a cool song that's a cool song and you know San Diego they had the Clippers and they got taken away many years ago and they became the Los Angeles Clippers you know the team with Chris Paul and all that That, and at least until the off season this year when Chris Paul is traded to the Houston Rockets um, Phillip Rivers well it finally caught up with him I mean he was the only guy kicking ass for Kansas City. Oh my God! For uh, the Chargers, I'm seeing something that, that's distracting in a good way for Kansas City. Jimmy Christmas, yeah. And I know, and and you heard about it, but it's just you just look at it and you can't believe it. Leave that alone for a second. Philip Rivers, though, had finally caught up with him. He was the only guy playing well. He was all by himself. Now he had a st- stinky game too. Three interceptions, 50% completion percentage, quarterback rating 37.2, and that's about all she wrote there. Kareem Hunt is a future superstar in this league. In fact, he already is. He's a current superstar in this league. I mean, 17 rushes, 172 yards on the ground. Made the Chargers look like nothing. Made them look like uh, short circuits, I guess. I don't know. That might might sound lame, but they got short-circuited all right by the Chiefs. Only one touchdown for Kareem Hunt. That's all I needed. That guy is a... He, he's a superstar. He only had one catch in the game, but again, that's all he needed. I mean, uh, wh- total yards, what, what's that? One hundred and uh, What did he have? 172. So 183 yards, total yards. You know, I mean, kind of like Cook today for the Vikings. Jiminy. I mean, uh, whew. that's going to be a Racer Rookie of the Year between Kareem Hunt and uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year between Kareem Hunt and uh, Delvin Cook. Gee, Kareem Hunt just looking awesome for the 3 0 you know, Kansas City Chiefs who will lose their first playoff game because they always lose their first playoff game. They always do. I mean, when's the last time they didn't? You know, I mean, it doesn't matter that uh, uh, Coach Schottenheimer isn't there anymore, the ever forgettable Schottenheimer. Of course, Schottenheimer coached the 14 2 San Diego Chargers, and they got beaten in their first round by, or in their first round by, in the second round game, division playoff game, immediately as well. So, I don't know. The Chiefs lose no matter who their coach is, if it's Schottenheimer, if it's Andy Reid, or whoever we can't even mention the other names because they were absolutely horrendous along the way <laughs> they all were disappointing continue let's move on to the let's talk about the bits and the rhinos let's talk about the bears and the pittsburgh steelers a team and the pittsburgh steelers that romped all over the vikings last week and kind of rubbed our noses in it and that was just real fun to watch and i just enjoyed it so much i just love talking about that one just loved it um I love talking about today's game, though, because it was great. It's just the damn distractions. That's kind of what's ruining my... It's just ruining the mood, and it's annoying. It really is. (laughs) It really is, and that's why I sound so messed up in the head right now. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not show up for the National Anthem. They no-showed except for offensive tackle Alejandro... Villanueva, who actually is a military veteran, and yes, he's an offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know what? Alejandro Villanueva, the only guy that came out to stand and put his hand over his heart, where the rest of them didn't even come out of the doggone locker room. You know, it's one thing to have an opinion, it's another to kind of, I think, take it a little further. Um, I think Villanueva, you know what, you're my favorite Pittsburgh Steeler, at least for today. And you know what, congratulations and God bless you and thank you for your service. Pittsburgh Steelers got what they deserved today, 23-17. to 17. And you know what, you don't have to agree with my, my opinion. I don't have to agree with yours. It's football, but this doggone politics is getting shoved on our throats one way or another. And it's I don't know, I mean, I blame the media more than anything. Uh, you know, um, the president should slow down with his I don't know if it's his temper or temperament or hyperability or, you know, it's the kind of, or just to just the old New Yorker, I can't keep my mouth shut thing. You know what? I have a little bit of that and I've been called a New Yorker. It's more of a compliment to me at times because I'm doing a radio show. He's the president. So it's a little different. Um, I do have a New York personality. I can't help myself sometimes. I'm from Golden Valley, Minnesota, but I have a New York personality and that might be why sometimes my ratings fluctuate, particularly Timberwolves Explosion. It seems like nobody listens to that anymore. That show's done, man. (laughs) God bless those of you in Australia that are listening to this show and that listen to that one. Uh, Well, maybe that show will come back and it'll be fine. But it's just, you know, I can't help myself sometimes. and uh, I don't know, and uh, I think Trump, who I did vote for, and you don't have to like that, I'm not expecting you to vote for him. You know, I mean, it's up to you what you do. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think some of this is getting a little bit too far. It's getting too out of hand, and you'll hear a bit more about that. And I'm sorry, you know, let's move on. Chicago wins twenty-three to seventeen. Congratulations to the Bears. At the end of the day, whether Pittsburgh deserved it or not. The Chicago Bears played played well in the game. Uh, Mike Lennon had a Jay Cutler-type performance, just a little bit more accuracy. The one-touchdown one touchdown win interception. The whole bleeping season last year, in the last five years with Chicago, you had games like that with Jay Cutler, particularly when they lost, but sometimes when they won two... <laughs> Le'Veon Bell only had carried the ball 15 times in the game. Ben Roethlisberger was inaccurate all the way throughout the game. He did get one-touchdown completion. Luckily, he did not throw an interception, but he did fumble in the game, 56% in the game for Mr. Ben Roethlisberger, Jordan Howard, who had been horrendous until this week, was, you know, uh, was awesome today, 138 yards on the ground, his long, his long was only, was 19, right, but this, but the, the, his consistency, he averaged six yards a carry because he was so consistent throughout the whole game. Uh, the Bears, absolutely awesome. Tariq Cohen, 78 yards on the ground as well. And that's what carried the Chicago Bears uh, along the way. Antonio Brown, spectacular in the game, but he's the only guy spectacular for Pittsburgh. The lone bright spot, other than that, I mean, miss, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Pittsburgh handed to... In Soldier Field. Yes, it went to overtime, but the Bears earned it. Doggone it. They earned it and they earned it. Talk about the Detroit Lions last because they are next week's opponent. Where are the Where's the Packers? Oh boy. Well (laughs) they were trailing. They were trailing for size throughout the game in Cincinnati. Ninety degrees, the hottest game in the history of Lambeau Field. Humid as bleep. Thank you, Hurricane Maria. It made swimming season extend into late September, which is fun, and sometimes this happens. But 90 in humid is ridiculous. 80 in, like, dew point of 55, 58 is one thing. But when you're talking dew point of 68, 70, 72, that's insane. Uh, well, Cincinnati scored first, Green Bay answered, and Cincinnati just kept scoring, and Green Bay kept struggling. Um, uh, Cincinnati, though, just could not get the job done. At the end of the day, they got to a twenty-one to seven lead. Then they were able, as Green Bay got it up to twenty-one to seventeen, and the next thing you know, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals add one more field goal, so at least it's a touchdown. And the Packers, you know, they're they're getting incomplete passes, but of course, magic old magic, Mister freaking Hail Mary, Aaron Rodgers himself continues to complete the passes he needs to, threading the needle to Jordy Nelson. God, I hated it and then of course just like clockwork Cincinnati can't do jack bleep three and out in overtime they win the toss I figured that the Packers would win the toss and then it would be what happened but of course big shocker Andy Dalton can't get the job done you know after they gave up the lead he, he didn't turn the ball over in the game but it just didn't perform when he needed to doggone it and the Packers Come on, Victors. After Andy Dalton and the Bengals, three and out. The Green Bay, oh, the most aggressive defense ever. We're so happy for you, Packer fans. And Aaron Rodgers was just perfect after that. He was ready to end his overtime droughts. Aaron Rodgers was 0 for 7 in overtime before this game. Mr. Hail Mary himself, Mr. Hurl the ball up and somebody magically catches it. Yes, it's an accurate pass, but come on. It can't happen every time, can it? but it did, and uh, yeah, but in this case, it wasn't the Hail Mary, it was just threading the needle and getting the job done, and then freaking Bengal players that couldn't tackle their grandmother on that final play, or second to final play of the game other than Mason Crosby's field goal, and of course, it is what it is, and the Packers win, and they're 2-1 and one. the Vikings are 2-1 and one. the Bears are 1-2, and two. and the Detroit Lions are 2-1 and one because they could not finish the job against the Atlanta Falcons the touchdown that would have put them ahead, and Maybe ultimately would have won the game, was called back, and it didn't happen. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> the Falcons survived. Not a big Falcons fan at all, but they're 3-0. Congratulations coming off their Super Bowl loss, the devastating Super Bowl loss. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull a Kansas City Royals and come back and win. Like, the Royals were heartbroken at the last second, got beat by a dynasty in the San Francisco Giants, came back and won, won it dominantly the next year as they crushed the New York Mets in the World Series. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons are on, on, the, on the path to doing that. Who knows? Maybe they'll crush Pittsburgh or something. Um, if the Steelers do make it, I doubt it, though. I doubt it. Um, <clears throat> Lions do not get the job done. This is their first loss of the year after pulling out their little miracle victories with their kind of wannabe Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Well, he had a, uh, he had a Carson Palmer type of game. All those, you know, he had 45 attempts, 55%, only one touchdown lucky for him, no interceptions. Matt Ryan struggled throughout the game, and that's one of the reasons why the Lions were hanging in there. Three interceptions by Matt Ryan, but the Falcons able to get the job done despite Matt Prater's (laughs) massive kicking ability, 57-yarder late in the game, put the Lions in it, may have ultimately helped the Lions win the game, but a touchdown was called back, and it cost the Lions the game. Unfortunately for them, Devana Freeman, 106 yards, Amir Abdullah. I mean, there's not much going on at running back in Detroit, but Matthew Stafford is the kind of guy who's an escape artist, and he always seems to do what he needs to do to help this club win. Um, multiple receivers, nobody great, obviously. We we know that Theo Riddick is one of those receiving running backs that's more of a receiver than a, than a, than a, than a runner. Amir Abdullah is the main runner guy, but he's also capable of receiving... And it's players like that that tend to hurt the Vikings along the way. This segment is extremely long, but again, it's because of all the damn politics in this league right now. And You just keep seeing it, and then mm, I don't know. I wish they'd slow down a little bit. But you know what? Maybe our president should slow down, too. Yes. Everybody, slow down, okay? Slow down, will ya? Then I don't have to have two-hour shows bitching and moaning about guys kneeling for the national anthem. Oh, for the love of God. (sighs) can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Really, I can't. Will the Vikings beat the Detroit Lions next week? Well, they better because the Vikings, uh, you know, I hope Sam Bradford's ready to go, but he's week to week. You know, as they say day to day, well, he's week to week because anything could happen. It's a soreness thing. It's a tolerance thing. But then again, when you're getting a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews, Well, that's kind of a, yeah, that's kind of uh, a, uh-oh, hopefully it's nothing super-duper serious. It doesn't sound like it, though, because if it was, I don't think he'd be able to walk. If there was, like, a torn ACL in there, I don't think he'd be walking. It's more of, again, is it bone-on-bone? like, is it bone on bone? That's the huge key here. James Andrews is obviously the legendary, uh, surgeon out there. He's the guy who does everything, pretty much. He does the guy, he's the guy that says the surgery was successful. That's him. You know, ACL surgery last week, successful. ACL surgery on Thursday night, successful. That's Dr. James Andrews. So, yeah, hopefully that's okay. Um, but it looks like Case Keenum's co- capable of being the quarterback of the Vikings for now. Offensive line, Riley Reef <laughs> obviously had a pretty strong game. He was called for a hands, illegal hands to the face today, but other than that, I, I mean, I like Riley Reef. It was kind of you know it was ticky tackish a little bit, but okay, yeah, it's a, it's a good call. Just frustrating, just bad timing like they always are. Whenever the offensive lineman gets called for something, it's the worst timing ever. Ooh, Jeff Locke. Ooh, Jeff Locke. He's the punter. He's the man, and he's averaging 47.8 a game right now, or uh, at least he averaged that many a punt in today's game, is what I'm trying to say. 52 yards long. Ooh, Jeff Locke is over in Detroit, just like uh, Blair Walsh screwed us last year when we were playing Detroit with a key miss late in that game and helped us lose, and you saw the worried look on his face, and you just knew what was coming. Happy Thanksgiving, Blair Walsh. Thank you very much. Oh, Blair. Oh, Blair. Uh, You know, does it have to be as simple as just bring the frickin' Matthew Stafford down when you have him in the grasp? Is it going to be that close, or are the Vikings going to pound this team away? Wouldn't that be great? No, it's going to be close, and it's going to be key. It's all about offensive line on both sides, obviously. It's about our defensive line getting to Matthew Stafford and finishing the frickin' tackle. And, of course, you saw that with Cincinnati today with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is never going to get brought down in key moments late in games unless just it just happens to be your day. And you just pray to God it is your day because it almost never is against the Packers in those doggone close game situations. It just drives you nuts. And Matthew Stafford's been clutch as bleep as well and that's why they made the playoffs last year. But they just like the Kansas City Chiefs never win a playoff game and they haven't won one since 91. The Chiefs' last playoff win was 93. The only team that's worse is Cincinnati right now. <laughs> 1988. Buffalo has won more playoff games since then. Jacksonville has won more playoff games since then. San Francisco, a team that people make fun of nowadays, well, they won a hell of a lot of playoff games once upon a time, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Chicago has won playoff, won playoff games more recently since then. So, I mean, you could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Cleveland's the only one that hasn't, but they haven't been in the league that long. (laughs) The Jets, Miami, Philadelphia, you know, Saints obviously have won a championship. I mean, Seattle, Tennessee. Okay, you get the idea. You'd go on forever. Cincinnati sucks. Cincinnati sucks. That's all there is to it when it comes to the playoffs. Why am I still talking about that? Anyway, Cincinnati and Green Bay. Okay. The Vikings, you know, this is one of those games It's crucial to them not only winning hopefully winning the division, which would be the best case scenario, but it's gonna you're gonna have a hell of a time doing that until Green Bay like falls in their face and you hope they do. You gotta beat Detroit to make the playoffs. The fight it's that simple and this is the home, this is a home game. You need to ride the momentum of Case Keenum from the last time the Vikings rode no momentum last time around because well it was a different quarterback. It was a home opener for Pittsburgh, which is like they're pretty much like over 90% win percentage the last 12 years there, which is insane. So, I don't know. Everything was against the Vikings there. Uh, Sam Bradford was a game-time decision, and he ended up being a big, fat no, unfortunately. Um, Keith Keenum was prepared, but he wasn't fully prepared, where this time around it seemed like he was more fully prepared. You had a defense that was beatable. Detroit's beatable. I mean, they gave up 30 points today. They gave up 30 points today, okay, and I know Matt Ryan's good, He threw some interceptions. Hopefully, hope to God, that Case Keenan will not be doing that. It's going to be a close one, though. It's going to be close. I I have faith in the Vikings' offense. I mean, you have receivers that can bring the ball in. You hope this momentum can continue. Uh, Stephon Diggs has had huge success against Detroit in the past, more so his first year than his second year last year. Uh, Adam Thielen, just a huge key in this one. Obviously, Delvin Cook is as big a key as there is. Ah, Boy, um, Cook needs to be that safety blanket for. Case Keenum when he needs to make a play, and of course Cook capable of taking one to the house from God knows where. If he can break a couple tackles, break a couple tackles, and you know he can. Uh, the Vikings offense is just so key here. Obviously, getting to Matthew Stafford is kind of like the finishing the job, though. Um, the Vikings offense needs to continue the momentum they had coming into this one, and the Vikings defense needs to finish the job. It's kind of like, again, like in, it's almost like baseball in a sense. Just score some damn runs. You, you, you know you can. You got some power hitters on this club. And then just doggone it, that relief pitcher needs to finish the things off. And when you have guys like Linval Joseph and obviously Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, who's not been racking up the sacks of late, you hope he can get that, maybe a forced fumble, stuff like that. You know, you need to continue the, the takeaway battle too. You need to win that again like the Vikings did today. Even if it's just 1-0, to zero, just force that damn fumble or that interception from Matthew Stafford and the Vikings can win the football game in US Bank Stadium. I will pick a Vikings win because I love the momentum going in, Detroit is scary, but they're beatable, they're as beatable as they were last year, they're just, they've just had a lot of positive luck of late, and it's carried them into the playoffs last year, their luck ended in the playoffs, like it always does, um, so uh, final score in this one, I'm going to go 31, I think the Vikings do score 30 in the game, I, I'm that confident in this offense. As long as they freaking protect Case Keenum or Sam Bradford. And if Bradford's in there, they absolutely will score 31, and the offense will look beautiful. But I think Case Keenum's capable of doing something with his offense as well. Um, you didn't even see Kyle Rudolph Harley today because the Vikings didn't need him as much out there. It was all about Cook, obviously, Thielen, and and Diggs. And of course, even Jarius Wright joined the party with that pylon reach, <laughs> that reach over the pylon for the touchdown. Um, No reason why the Vikings shouldn't beat Detroit. I mean, obviously they're good, they're dangerous, but the Vikings should beat them. 31-27, Minnesota will outlast the Detroit Lions. They will get the big sack when they need it. There will be be at least one turnover on Matthew Stafford in the game. Um, It's an offense that's scary more in the air, but it's a, I don't know, it's a West Coast-style offense, obviously. I mean, it's very spread out, and it seems like the whole league is turning into a West Coast-style offense. (laughs) So it's just kind of the way things are headed at this stage. Vikings will win 31-27 to due to the wonderful aerial attack and hopefully get that turnover, and I feel they will on Matthew Stafford. And the Vikings will outlast the Lions, be 3-1. and one. More than likely, Green Bay will probably be 3-1 as well, though, but then again, maybe not after the short week and after being out in that heat as well. They have to play on Thursday night, so hopefully the Vikings will finish this week in first place. This is their chance to do it. Go out there and do it, please. 31-27, Minnesota in... The uh, wonderful U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's come back and we will hear from Mad Martin's mad takes to lead things off in fan interaction.
1: Uh, hi, Joey and the Purple Faithful. Well, it's a beautiful Tuesday Afternoon up here in the north of Scotland Had a little bit of time to uh, Sort of reflect on that game And uh, what can you say It felt like a repeat of 2016 And uh, that key word from last year Which was frustration Bloody horrible game First I heard of the, the Bradford MIA Was when I switched on pre-game To hear that uh, Or what they basically said was That Teddy Bridgewater could be off the pup list by week six And I'm sort of scratching my head going Okay That's good news. But why are we discussing Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, Then to find out, obviously, that um, our man, Bradford, had a knee issue. And it's like, oh, crap. So anyway, that that kind of, you know, put the damper on the whole situation. And it was like, well, we're going to lose this one, but I'll sit down because I'm interested to see what this um, offence, and especially the offensive line, would do against uh, an upper echelon front seven that the Steelers have and uh, what we did see was a regression, significantly Um, too many penalties way too many of those Um, just remembering in the uh, second quarter we're rolling into half time and uh, got a decent drive going and the next three snaps the O-line basically turned into cardboard and the QB is running for his life very, very... Disappointing. Bit of an odd weakness, one, Joe. I kind of listened to the show in three sk- segments. Listen to the uh, your game review Tuesday. It's uh, now Friday, um, and I've listened to obviously all the results because um, Tuesday night I tend to uh, try and catch up on some of the, the games in highlight form. Because after that uh, Sunday night performance, I just switched channels. I really couldn't face any more NFL. But again, on reflection. Uh, there are a few issues or, or talking points to kicker. Uh, dear, oh dear. 50% of extra points. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah, Blair Walsh, he, he trundles off to uh, Minnesota Northwest. Or was that Vikings Northwest, I should say. And uh, it's been incredible. Um, other issues. Trey Wayne's, you know, third season. Um, all I hear is he's got great recovery speed terrific. Cover the guy and not worry about having to recover your speed would be more of an option is a concern and two huge penalties in first in those first two games. Yuck. Right, now it's Sunday morning uh, over here which is probably quite early Sunday out your end uh, getting ready for the game. Just want to say it was a, another solid podcast Joey. Thanks for all you do. Um one of the comments from I think Mark Carson saying that he, he's a Kind of strong, fervent supporter of uh, Sam Bradford. Completely on the same hymn sheet as he is. Um, hopefully that knee is not going to be troublesome. And we do have our quarterback of the future because, um, quite frankly, yes, we lost the first round pick this year. Big deal. Um, but quite often, how often have we have those first rounders that are a complete waste of time? Uh, Treadwell, personally, um, I'm not going to put him in the bust category yet. Let's see what he does this season but we have had some first rounders in the past that have been bloody useless. I can think of one in particular, Troy Williamson, And, of course, we could have had Mr. Rogers in that draft. So, yeah, you lose a first rounder, but you've picked up a quarterback that has um, a track record and is a quality player, as opposed to hoping to hit in the draft and failing. We've got Teddy in the back, uh, which is nice. So we, we have two potentially decent quarterbacks Uh, I'm not quite ready to say Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is elite Um, the body of work that we've seen isn't significant enough to uh, say yes he's the future I think Sam Bradford's the future if he has a decent season I think we're locked and loaded for perhaps a significantly better 2018 I'm not going to write the season off yet hopefully Bradford will be back in a couple of weeks and um, we'll be good to go the schedule looking at it isn't anywhere near as hard as last season so there is hope that's all we can hope for isn't it hope right I'm going get ready for this game and uh, buckle up for another evening of uh, possibly falling asleep in the third quarter which is what I did last week to my shame because I was that bored by then anyway take it easy Joey uh, and uh, skull purple people out there Oh, one last thing before I dump my touche on the old proverbial sofa for the afternoon of football entertainment. Oh, I'm going to watch that London game. Anyway, um, let's hope we see some takeaways from our defence. They've been sadly lacking, well, so far in the first two games. And if I remember correctly, last season, after those first five winning games, our takeaway um, differential was pretty poor. So fingers crossed that they get a couple of those tonight or today in your case. Right. i dirty guys. Well, those Vikings are like that box of chocolates, aren't they? You never know what you're going to get. Last week we had that disgusting strawberry fondant crap. And today we had that uh, delicious caramel nutty thing with lots of chocolate over it. Super performance. And Case Keenan, what was that all about? You know, here's a guy that, uh, yeah, was pretty, pretty impressive as a, a college player. Uh, as an NFL player, mm, not so much. Anyway, great performance from him. Great team performance. Trey Waynes interception, save six points. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Shocked, really shocked. But um, interceptions, takeaways, whatever you want to call them, three of them bit like buses they all came at once let's say for some more of those as the season progresses a uh, lot of positives to take away today offensive line looked better it gave uh, Keenum the opportunity to play the ball uh, and great work from our receivers as well yeah very pleased in looking forward to the podcast mate bye
0: and I thank you once again Dave yet another magnificent performance Mad Martin's mad takes. That was spectacular. Um, You know, it's tough to follow that up. Honest to God, you know, I mean, you you may love this show and all that stuff, but Dave is fantastic. What an awesome addition to this show, isn't he? (laughs) So it is. So it is the northern. It is Northern Scotland. So I was right long term there. Um, Ultimately, yeah. (laughs) So we'll just keep jumping around. We're gonna hear some more from Dave on Twitter at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. Though at the same time, yeah, I mean. uh, (laughs) <laughs> yep, it is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Like the far, the old Forrest Gump uh, quote there, the famous quote from Forrest Gump years ago. Uh, that that was a goofy movie, but it was, it was all right. Um, Dave Martin was saying it's uh, at well, yeah. I'll give his Twitter account out there if it's if he's okay with that. At L E U R B O S T Viking. Okay, so there it is. You want to follow Mad Martin? He says, Wow, that London game was a great advert for the NFL. Yep, it's like not, you know, it's a statement opening drive now, takeaway, please. And the Vikings were able to get those takeaways as you called for in your segment there, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And, yep, yeah, that's something we've been calling for because it's just been non existent. And, uh, you know, absolutely, Case Keenum as well stepping up in a big way. And there's hope at the quarterback position, albeit uh, multiple damaged goods. And then Keenum, we'll see. I don't know if he's an NFL starter, but. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) Yeah, just never know in this world. Um, It wasn't bad, though. Not a bad performance. He says, no idea about the second drive game pass went down and the laptop almost went out the window. Ooh, yeah, you got mad about that one. Yeah, because it was disappointing. Yeah, about game. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine how frustrating that is when your video goes out. Sometimes I rely on NFL Mobile. So being a Verizon customer, so wink, wink there. He says okay I'm back and liking what I'm seeing I want to see some long drives and takeaways I don't ask it's not asking too much is it says our records against the Steelers sucks is it six and 17 even that 2009 team lost there yep and that was again with the Adrian Peterson uh, staring on the sidelines with his as he kind of leaned forward 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 and closed his eyes as there was a pick six um, far his pass slightly overthrown to Chester Taylor went through Chester Taylor's arms intercepted by. Pittsburgh Steelers defender in a way he went that was in the Troy Palomalu days he was still playing back then Uh, I was saying night and day or yep the box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get yep Easton again once again with that multiple uh, with multiple holding penalties over the course of this season today he had at least one yep Uh, he said at last a takeaway and that was Wayne's so far those chocolates are tasty yep Yep, the caramel ones that you were talking about (laughs) what was it a caramello maybe or a Milky Mmm, I love Milky Way. He says, I see number seven, and I always think of Ponder. Yep, but like what I'm seeing from this number seven, dig it, touchdown. Yep, that was the digs along the way. Now, see, it's like the seven I'm thinking about with the way he looked today was Randall Cunningham. I mean, you know, they, Randall Cunningham had a good arm, but he kind of sailed his passes in, and Keenum's are more of like he's, he's sailing him in. They're not like the bullets, like the Brett Favre type of throws, and even Sam Bradford capable of throwing a bullet or two here and there. Uh I said Keenum's casserating now perfect. Yep, he couldn't believe it. He's he fallen asleep again. And yeah, I mean I was I don't blame you for falling asleep during that Pittsburgh game, like he was saying in that third quarter. It's like you yep, it's like it feels shameful at the moment, but then you're like, eh, it was a terrible game last week. Um yep, we were very, very excited about the takeaways. He's like I expect a buzzing podcast my man might watch some red zone myself. Great team effort today, and indeed it truly was. Thank you very much. And I want to thank uh, Vince and Tanay for retweeting the show as well. Thank you, guys. There's Vince for sure. Yep, and Tanay did as well. Thank you guys for retweeting and passing it on to your friends. Oh, but I don't want to forget about uh, Antonio Fett. That is Anthony Carlson. That's Mark Carlson's son there, over there. He's been living in the Philadelphia area. He is in the service, just like Mark Carlson was and Larry Carlson as well, that's Mark's father so yeah, three generations in, in military, and in I end up there from Iowa there, love you guys uh, Ant- Antonio Fett is his Twitter account he says, look on the bright side, Green Bay and the Bears lost, I know, that makes me feel better, and that was last week of course, he says when did the Lions learn to play football, someone tell Minnesota preseason is over, and yeah that was an incredible uh, start to the season for Detroit, and unfortunately for them today, they lost and uh, well, now the Vikings get to I'll get, to, I'll get to kick off against them Sunday at high noon. It's a showdown, and hopefully things indeed uh, <laughs> head in the Vikings' favor in a big way coming into next week. So that will wrap up the Twitter account. I will uh, give a quick shout out to MN Vikingshaven, MN Vikingshaven, Trevor Wicker, the founder of that Facebook page. Do join that in game conversation, you know, just news, notes, all that good stuff. Friendly people to talk to on there as well. Do join that one. Also, don't forget to join the Purple Mafia Facebook page. Um, I, I will say again that MN Vikings have been kind enough to allow me to post links on the page as well. Thank you very much for that. Uh, th- links to Purple Mafia. So now we'll continue for the, from the Vikings, uh, the Purple Mafia page anyway. Uh, ma- uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. That information will be in the show description. Leaving off from the last show, there's always a few comments about how people like the show, and you know what, it's okay to criticize things here and there as well, so I'm <laughs> just letting you know, but thank you guys that do love the show, I appreciate it very much. Gerald has a lot to say on this show, he says, "Love the show, hated the outcome of the game this week, I still remember watching that old Steeler Vikings silver volley. yep, and didn't want to get on the bus that Monday morning uh, to go to school because I knew all the heckling that was coming. Yep, I was pretty young, guessing second or third grade, still remained a Vikings fan after that, so hopefully someday they could put it all together. I doubt it much more each year. Yep, because it's been just every, you know, 56 years now, and it's just every year. God dang it. says, But just going to wait it out and see what happens. Getting pretty nervous about the quarterback situation. Man, I wish Teddy was getting close. I agree with you. We could have lost anyway, even if Bradford was out there. What have, oh, even if he was playing, but I think we can beat the Bucks at home if Bradford is truly 100%. Otherwise not so much, and Luckily, Case Keenum was one of the stars of today's show. He was the He's the Coast Guard and hopefully he can continue that along the way. Like, he's the Coast Guard stopping the Buccaneers. Now he's got to do that to the Detroit Lions. He's got to be the Lion Tamer. That's the next one. The Lion Tamer. Ooh, isn't that creative. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Gerald Sering is out of Nebraska. Mark says, just finished listening to the podcast. I listened during breakfast this morning. I'm off for a few days. Yep, and he was saying how he didn't get to see the game today, too. I remember he said during the the uh, in-game conversation. I'll continue here. Mark a lot to say as well. Though I missed much of the Steeler game, I do have a few thoughts to share this week. Missing the extra point is an indicator that Ty bath will be NFL not for long. That's what Dylan Richardson said a few years ago. Yep, the not for long leak. That's what NFL stands for. Um, yep, that was back in the day, man. I I, I want to get Dylan on again. He was he's so good for like playoff shows and like season previews and stuff. Oh, those were the days, Dylan. If you're listening, if you just happen to be listening, I know he's a busy guy and all that, and he's had a a new child come around recently, and he, uh, you know, got remarried and all that, married a new wife and everything, and man, God bless Dylan, you know. God bless him. He says, uh, my other qu- my other comment is a question, why so many penalties? And that was, yep, that was the Pittsburgh game. Every player must do his job, and the most basic thing in football is to not jump off sides, yep. Do not create a penalty of any sort. And that's what Cincinnati did along the way, too. Uh, yep, when they choked against the uh, Packers. He says, these are the little things mentioned on the show that I mentioned, yep. And he says, and the coaches need to drop the hammer. Everyone makes mistakes, I know that, but this team made enough mistakes in this game to hand them out to everyone in the crowd with enough leftover. The refs can use them again in the next game. As long as this team plays at, at a level that is giving up yards and first downs and penalties, though it's only week three, the chances of winning anything are looking grim. We can still win even with a mediocre backup quarterback, but everyone must step up and play at a higher level. Pl- play as, th- play as the professional that you are being paid to be, and no more excuses. I want more from this team every week than a stomach ache. Who is with me? Skull Mark from Iowa, and I am a hundred percent with you, Mark. I am a hundred percent with you, and the Vikings, luckily. We're with you today, at the very least. Boy, that Detroit touchdown was awfully close, wasn't it? sound saw that in the background there. Yep, I'm distracted. No, but no, i very focused on that message there, and thank you very much, Mark. I am 100% with you out of Iowa. Josh Mayor henry out of Colorado says, David Gibson, this is the Viking show I was telling you about, and thank you very much, Josh Mayor henry And David, if you're listening, thank you, and welcome aboard. I, I I hope he is. Mark was saying, yep, get on board, and Gerald was saying agreed, and thank you, guys, for, uh, thank you, Josh, Samir, Henry, for bringing David on board, if he is indeed listening. But no, thank you, anyway, for at minimum trying, if David is bored with the idea and didn't want to jump on, jump on bummer, but thank you, Josh, anyway, at the bare, at a bare minimum. Ah, uh, I was saying, Ah, it's no good, Captain. Sam Bradford is expected to miss his second straight game on Sunday. And I was doing the uh, Scotty from Star Trek, the original series. Yankee out of St. Paul says, Time to go 1-2. and two. Sebastian says, So we will be 1-2. and two. And I was thinking pretty much. Reddy, Reggie Adams Jr. is also a part of the Purple Press Box with Sebastian. On uh, Spreaker is saying... We're at home and pissed off. We will play good. Uh, Yep, Jamie throws three picks. Well, you were pretty damn close, Reggie. He threw two. No, he did throw three. Oh, my God, Reggie, you are. That's awesome. Good job. Um, That was a good call, Reggie. (laughs) I'm thinking you're a little bit too optimistic, and yes, Reggie's one of those optimists out there, if he happens to be listening. I don't know if he listens. Maybe. You're a real optimistic guy, and I appreciate it, and you know what? It worked out great. That was cool. Uh, Sebastian was saying, well, everyone wanted Teddy, this may be his chance, and long term, maybe. And right now, it's Keenum's chance, and good for Keenum. He's making some money for himself long term, possibly in this league as a, at least a, a attractive backup quarterback out there who clearly can win football games, at least against the Buccaneers and the Bucks. But see, my fear was the Bucks sucked back then, just a, just like a couple years ago. Now they're getting a little better, and Keenum beat the crap out of him. So cool. Um. Reggie says, I like Sammy, but this is playing out well for Teddy to return depending on when Bradford starts again. Mm-hmm. He says, we can't forget about Slaughter. Yep, that guy that was brought in from Denver there on the practice squad. Now he's an active player. I believe we will win this week, but if Case loses the game, it won't be long before the young gu- gunslinger makes his debut. Sebastian says, I want Slaughter to play over Keenum. Rather go down behind the arm of a kid. The kid, I mean, then a proven mediocre at best quarterback. Yep. Justin Meere Henry out of Colorado says it makes me sick. And, yeah, um, at the time, Keenum looked like complete garbage against Pittsburgh, but now today, all right. Okay, he looks like a more than competent quarterback, at least for the moment. Jeff Roiland says he's out of Iowa as well. He says, unfortunately, this is part of the game. You can't protect injuries, so if someone gets hurt, you just stack it up and cheer for your team. If the Broncos can win with D, so can the Vikes. Good or bad, I support this team, and I hope Sam gets back soon. Until then, they'll carry on and try to uh, try to level Winston, and they they did for the most part. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, Dang. Mark Carlson says, I had a feeling he wouldn't play this week. Double dang. Gerald Springs says, Face it, we're a jinx team. Josh Mary Henry wraps up this section, saying... The next three weeks are division games of Sam sitting. One more week to get healthy for them. Could be a good thing. We can't afford to drop them games. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we'll see what happens. And Keaton filled in wonderfully today. Mm. (laughs) Vikings versus Buccaneers in game. Yep, I won't read all of them. Just kind of here and there. Particularly later on. If it loads. If it loads. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln has the play, right? I keep saying that. In order to get on board like Mr. Uh, Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, in order to get on board, there it did load, but I'll still mention that anyway. You can use the call in line. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia. Also on the Facebook page, there's the call now button. It calls the exact same number. It uses Facebook Messenger. If you're international, it'll go the same way. The one thing is it's limited to three minutes. The audio submission route, particularly guys with the green, with the, the gold card that can go longer, like Sebastian and Dave Martin, those guys for sure have it. Dylan Richardson does too, but I doubt he'd ever do it. It'd be nice if he did. Um, Tanae Wilson-Brown has it for the, uh, Tanae and Vince have it for Timberwolves Explosion, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, um there's the auto submission route, which I'm trying to say. You use your smart device, be it a iPod, iPad, Samsung tab, Samsung phone, whatever it is, iPhone, you know, and call uh, use your free audio recorder, get it to however long you want it to be, and email it to Pal- uh, save it and email it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, Paladino Live at Yahoo dot com. I'm not sure if Dave he uses a smartphone or if he uses his uh, if he uses Audacity. I'm guessing it's a smartphone though because of the file I had to convert it to MP3. So either way, it's totally fine. Some of you might even have a laptop and a microphone can use Audacity and you can do that and email it the same way, save it and email it like that. That's what I would do if I do an audio submission for a show. But I've been lazy. Hey, I need to do those for somebody out there one of these days. So <laughs> let's uh, get going though. That's how things work. Uh, Sebastian was saying, we're such a different team at home. He was very happy about that, and that's true so far. Brad McCarthy had the can-you-dig-it picture up there. Matt Emer out of the UK, yep, a classic old school Purple Mafia listener, says, anyone see what the Bears just did? Yeah, they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was pretty cool. Gerald was saying how we showed up today, and that was great. Um, uh, Yeah, Mark Carlson says I must be missing one hell of a game. Yep, so you continue to bounce around through this. Cedric Paulding says Brock needs help big time. Tampa knows he's a liability, and yeah, that was a problem. That was a big problem, Cedric. I agree completely there. Um, yep, Jer- Yankee was saying you, Brockster. Yeah, I mean Brock was not that good in this one. Uh, luckily though, the interception saved the day along the way. I thought there was some other thing that I really needed to... Oh, yeah, I know Justin Mayer Henry said uh, something earlier. He actually boycotted the NFL today. Um, He has the league pass and everything, um, and he boycotted the league today. I want to read what he had to say. He says, hate to say it, but I'm stepping away from the NFL for now. I'm so sick of how political it's all become. It was once an escape and a way to enjoy my Sunday. Now Now I would honestly rather do something else. Sick of entitled millionaires telling everyone what they should do think and feel. Yeah, what they should do, think and feel. And you know, I'm saying the same thing about Hollywood and all that stuff. It's one thing, political correct, and we gotta clean up this and clean up that. It's another, though, when it's like you're hated for not agreeing with every single thing, you know, and you need to get with the program and grow up. And all, You know, don't tell people to get with the program and grow up. Nobody out there is, you know, like the, the word that a lot of people like to use is bigot. Bigot is a person that hangs somebody, I'm not seeing any hangings out there, so anybody using the word bigot is a complete bleeping moron, I have to say that right here, you know, stop using the word bigot, that is ridiculous, nobody's getting hung out there, that word needs to go, okay, and no, and then Justin A. Henry obviously did not use that, he's completely, yeah, uh, he's sick of it too, and you know, I'm tired of people telling, uh, I'm tired of thought police telling everybody what to do, you know what? Again, you don't have to. Okay, I better stop because I'm just dragging myself in here. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Right? <laughs> the classic line from Godfather Three, Al Pacino. Yeah. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah. Well, look at me, Lauren. But still, don't use the word bigot. That's just a start. That that that's a start. Once we get rid of words like that, we can maybe have peaceful, intelligent conversations. And that's it. So, again, that's why the show's long. All this doggone mess out there. It's... Oh, it sucks. Mm. And I hope I'm not offending anybody. I'm not trying to. I just want people to stop using certain words. It's fascistic. It, just stop. You know, even the word fascist. Stop using that. Stop killing everybody a Nazi and a fascist and all that. Nobody's getting hung. Nobody's getting put in a gas chamber. Nobody's getting shot. Can we stop that? You know, I mean, there, there's been bad incidences here and there. Okay, let's stop. I'm done. No more. Move on. I have to stop. I, I am just, yeah. No matter what you say, somebody's going to get um, mad and offended, and they're going to come back here with a two or three paragraph rant about how, what a ignorant bleepity bleeper you are. And let's move on. Vikings versus Buccaneers post game thread is here. Oh man. Mm. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I agree, Justin. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and Gerald's going to have a lot to say, too. Justin Henry says, Sounds like I missed a great game. Gerald says, You did. Just a suggestion. Yep, look for the uh, get game pass for 99 Uh Justin was saying, for $99. Justin was saying, I have it, but yeah, he, uh, he opted out because he's tired of all the political bullshit. Gerald says, Well done. Much respect going out of your way. Mm-hmm. Brett McCarthy, out of South Dakota, says, Good game, both sides of the ball. Indeed, nice win, case." looked like a lot more confident this week. Gerald says, Rudolph, pretty silent today. Treadwell got his one catch in. Yep, and at least he got that. He says, I'm starting to get a... T- what What happened? I didn't... What did I just press? Okay. I'm starting to get a taste for eating crow from my Keenum comments from last week. Yep, same here. 100%. I am eating crow because they picked the Bucks to beat the Vikes, and I'm very glad that I'm wrong. He says, the kids showed up to play today and took control. I know there were a lot of Fran candidates today, but Keenum was the guy in charge today to run the ship, and he did that. Yep, he did with a great skill. They'll turn a few heads and tough some teams needing depth at the quarterback position. Yeah, at some point, Keenum might, yep, he might be an attractive name for somebody out there. Yeah, Dave Hickey out of Iowa says what a great game, Diggs was a beast and I got him in my fantasy 37, wow Diggs, uh, Hickey wow Dave Hickey wow Dave Hickey mm. good, you were, you, were, you were one of the uh, one of the golden boys today mm, mm, mm. wow Dave Hickey good job, <laughs> congratulations on that he says, I'd give the Fran Award to Case and takes combined, and those are great choices, and both of them got it. Both of them got the uh, Fran Tarkington Awards, and you heard the uh, Ponder and the Urban Legends I'm moving on here. Ay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I let stuff get to me more than I should, and you know what, I think we're all guilty of it right now, and it's frustrating, And it, uh, and yes, we all have our sides, we all have our opinions, we all do. Yes. Okay. Gerald says, and I will read it because you know what? Yeah, it needs to. You know, it, it, you know what? Even if if it's an opposing opinion, I will read it. If somebody came on here and read, had the opposing opinion, I'll read it, respectively. So Gerald says, okay, here we go. And you know, and I, I, I'll say I agree with pretty much everything Gerald says here, honestly. And you don't have to love it or hate what I say, what I what I say or what Gerald says here. He says, okay, here we go. I don't want any likes, loves, hates, or whatever on this comment. Joey, I promise I will never have another one this long again. However, probably mostly I'm fairly shocked on the NFL rebellion from Trump's comments. Could Mr. President choose his words a little better sometimes? I guess I would say that. Yes. Sometimes I wish he would. And you know what? I agree. I agree. You know, the tweeting and all that. Okay, let's slow down here. You know, let's slow down. Just, you know... I I, I wish the hate would stop coming back, though, when at least he just says, uh, much respect for July 4th or something. You know, see, it's it's like, it gets to a point where no matter what, and this happened to Obama, too, you know, and you don't have to like Obama or or love Obama, hate hate Obama, either way. But even Obama, too, people would respond. But I don't know. It seems like it's worse with this guy, and it's too bad. People just, the hatred seems to fly too hard. Uh... He says, here are my personal thoughts. Not very complicated. Do we understand what the national anthem stands for and what the flag represents? I am living in a state that one of those stars represents. Do we know what the red stands for? He says, the people that fought, as in like the blood. They, they left their family, gave up careers to go fight for my right to live in one of those stars. Yep, like Minnesota or Nebraska. Yep, yep. he says, folks... Folks, there are people that lose families, family members, and friends, dads, moms, sons, daughters that come home in wheelchairs, body bags, coffins, etc. I offer you a quick fix. All caps for those couple words there. You simply get off your lazy, sissy ass, place your hand over your heart, and show respect for all those folks that have died, been crippled, dads in wheelchairs, families that have lost, family members. Is it any more complicated than that? I don't think it is, because those soldiers had nothing to do with social injustice, in my humble opinion. If they did, I'm not seeing it right now, and if I, I'm i sorry, I'm not. I uh, says, great job NFL putting on your little girl pants this weekend and blasting our president and basically saying, screw you, we're not worried about doing what's right. We're more worried about our pocketbooks and her- hurting the feelings of players that are six, seven, 350-pound babies. <laughs> well done, setting the example for fans in our younger generation. Well done indeed. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I agree with pretty much everything there. You know, yeah, to me, just, just you know, to me, for to me re- respecting the military and the people that fought all the way back into the 1700s and all that, you know, up, up to today, is not social injustice. Just you don't know, give it a chance, okay, just, get, uh, Gerald says, Roger Goodell for Ponder Award, Woo-hoo! he says, urban legend, folks that used to have strong morals and standards, those folks used to stand and respect our national flag servicemen and ladies, Jerry Jones for Cove fran Award, hate the Cowboys, but totally respect Mr. Jones, he's a class act in a sea of sissies, yeah, I mean, hmm, Yeah, it's frustrating what's going on. You know, and I I shouldn't let it get to me as much as it does. I'm surprised there weren't more posts in here, but I don't know. I think the politics distracted and scared people away, you know, just the politics of today. That's it. It's going to be over. Wow, it's over an hour and a half already. A 90-minute show. It's 95, 96, counting. I can't say any more politics. Okay, I said enough. Probably more on this show than I have in forever that I haven't forever combined is what I'm trying to say, um, and it's just because that's what's, that's the day we live in right now, everybody, everybody wants to, everybody has an opinion, everybody wants to have it out there, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, and it's a, it's a tough world going on right now, um, that's it, just, uh, I'm glad it's cooling off a little bit, I'm not glad if it's gonna rain too much, because I got work to do outside with the lawns before I go into my, my other regular job, so, uh, I don't know about you guys. Some of you love rain. Some of you hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Can't believe the Raiders are getting beat pretty handily by Washington. I mean, it's 14 nothing, but the Raiders are showing no life right now. I don't know. Um, mm, it's interesting. That's all i got to say. It's interesting. I I don't know. I have a headache. I actually have a headache right now, and I'm not kidding. <sighs> mm. God bless America. That's all i got to say. You know that's all I got to say uh, everyone hopefully can calm down learn to be less offended that would be very helpful it really would um, Trump should calm down too, he he should even Michael Savage says that that's some uh, radio voice that I deeply admire some may think he's a little bit hardcore but still, you know what, even he says it that Trump needs to settle down so yeah, it, it is what it is I admire the guy's voice, the guy's passion, and the guy's, uh... Obviously his radio talent as well, so... (laughs) Oh, well. So, other than that, enjoy the cooling down. It's gonna really be autumn now. Um, I was able to swim outside today on September 24th. That's pretty cool to be able to do that, that late in the year. Um, some years you can, some years you can't. This one you could. It's a little bit more hardcore, a little bit cooler, but you get used to it pretty quick, though, because it wasn't, because it got so hot the last couple days, so... It is what it is. Before I step away, I better give out the uh, the stars for the show. I almost did. I almost did. I was about to step away. It's tough. Uh, Gold star this week. It's tough. Um, mm, it's tough. Uh, you know, I I don't want people to think I'm biased because of politics and this and that. I I, I don't. Um, you know, this week. I. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, or, or, or if I just keep picking the same people or their close friends, this and that. I mean, uh, to me, Dave Martin, Mad Martin was fantastic. Gold star. You know what? I think, you know, it's kind of like I'm going to give, for those of you that stick with this show, despite maybe sometimes I lose control a little bit, sometimes I'm a little crazy. Sometimes I go off on rants and you're sticking to this show. I am going to unify Purple Mafia today and I'm going to give every one of you a gold star. How about that? For the first time ever, every one of you that posted on that page and that are just kind enough to pass on, like Josh Mayor henry passing on to his friend. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much, Josh Mayor henry Justin Mayor henry All the respect in the world. You know, I, I understand your frustration. And You know, if I didn't have a podcast to do, I probably would have stepped away today, too. I, I would have regretted missing the game and all that. But I wouldn't have regretted uh, missing the Green Bay game. That pisses me off. Ugh, I hate it. Waste of freaking time, you know, hoping the Cincinnati Bungles would win that game. Of course they didn't. But um, Gold Star is going to go to every one of you. Every single one of you is getting a Gold Star today. You know, that's for unity right there. It's not if we're kneeling or we got our arms locked or our hands over our hearts. We are kneeling or we are are united today, regardless of what we're doing, you know. I would rather we all stand with our hands over our hearts. That's my personal belief but you know what? Do whatever you're going to do. It's your choice. Do whatever you're going to do. We don't have to agree. So with that, (laughs) hopefully the Vikings will again protect home field and beat the Detroit Lions. They need to get it done this year. We cannot get swept by that club if we're going to make the playoffs. Sam Bradford, welcome back. If you are back, Case Keenum, keep up the good work. And Sam, if you do happen to come back, no pick sixes at the last second, okay?